Right. Get this on. I'm going to continue. Stefan can fix the sound as we go along. Uh, we've been speaking uh, for a few weeks about calling. We listened to my preach last weekend. Kijk je daar nog op zin? Weet niet, ga luisteren. We spoke last week. We spoke about the word calling and how our calling is often put in a little bit of a box. I think we we tend to to look at it and we say, listen, my calling should be in church, and that's true. That's absolutely true. God has called us to works, to fulfill a role, to come and play our part in this church, in this church body, on a Sunday morning. If Niels did not worship, he worship this morning, would we have been able to worship? No. So, if Carla was not on the AV, would we, if the kids' church workers weren't in their place, so there definitely is the calling. If I was called to be an elder in the church, I don't, well, and upon this church, then we wouldn't have been here, most probably. I don't know where everybody would have been in different places. And so there is most definitely calling in the kingdom and in church. Uh, that, that's, 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 that's true. But often we put it in a box that it's only in church. And whenever we speak about calling, whenever we speak about my calling and God has called me, then we put it in the box of ministry and in the church. And, and I think often we get this wrong. You can claim this after Sitkaras. Then often I think we get this wrong when we do that. Because we said this last week, and I'm not going to re-preach last week's preach, so if you want to know more about it, go back. It has been recorded in the home group. But what, what, what happens is, is God has also called me to be a husband to Leone. That has been the day that I asked her to marry me. The day that I knew in my heart that God wanted me to marry this woman. God called me to be a husband. And God not only called me to be a husband, but God called me to be a godly husband. To live out my husbandry, my role as a husband, in God's ways, in God's design, and with God's attitude and with God's heart. That's what, what I've been called to do. The minute that Leone got pregnant, there was a different calling, a new calling. God called me to become a father. And when my kids were born, since that, that day, I'm living out my calling to be a dad, to be a father to my son, an example, a godly example to my son that he can follow in my, in my uh, role, uh, what do you call it, an example of the word that I'm looking for. Yeah, you can also ask me to sit and and so we said to one another, as a citizen of South Africa, God has called you to be a citizen of South Africa. You were not born in the United States, you were not born in the UK, you were born in South Africa. And so God has called you to be a citizen of this country. And the Bible is very open and transparent and clear about what does it look like to be a citizen of your country in a godly way, in a biblical way. What is expected of us? Pay your taxes. It's one of the things that, that Jesus said. He says, give to Caesar what is due to Caesar. Don't withhold. Don't group. When you group me, be, 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 be faithful. 
in that. Uh, obeying authorities, don't go over the speed limit. That's, that's being a godly citizen. And you have been called by God. It's a, it's a weighty thing. It's not just I am here because I'm here because ah, it's interesting that I'm in and I'm here. God called you to that. He planned it. Before you were born, He says, I called you in a specific way. So for you to end up in Chrabo, in the street that you live, in the community that you ended up in, is not by chance, but it's God's calling. It's God's purpose for your life to be there in that moment. And so we said that there's a much broader context, because often, when I remember growing up, when I heard the word calling, I read these books, it almost was something, it was almost like a destination, it was almost like an event, that at some point, I'm going to get to this place and I see my calling. And then I will be able to be prepared, I will be able to be equipped in that time, going up to that point when I reach my calling. And when I get to that calling, then I will be able to walk out what God has for me. I will fulfill His purposes that He had for me. But then you have this lifelong thing, I can't, I can't wait to, for my calling. God has got a calling for my life, man. I can't wait for it. And so you wait your entire life for this calling of God to come. And a lot of times, it was only when you started leading worship, or when you become a deacon, or you come into eldership, then you feel, now I've reached my calling. And it's actually not that. You actually have already, all of us sitting in this room, has got a calling for today. There's a calling that God has called you to live out today, and tomorrow, and in this week, in the marketplace, where your job is. God has called us to that. And that is so important. Jesus said this, follow me. That was his calling to the disciples. He didn't say, listen, I am calling you to become an apostle. That was on the way. That came later. But he said initially, he said, listen, I'm calling you to follow me. And that's what God is calling us to do. Is, Lord, what are you calling me today? To do that faithfully. And as God. But now what happens is this. What happens is this. Character. God works character in us as we go along. Because all of these things, there's a specific way that glorifies Jesus. That's the point of it all. The, the, the fact that we want to live out in a, in a godly way is not so that we can look all spick and span and nice and polished and that. It's to glorify Jesus through our lives. So as people, as the world look at us, we glorify Jesus. So they look at us and they say, what's well, something different about these guys? At the work, at the school, the other parents looking at the way that you love your kids. You, you may be different or you discipline your kids well. And, and the people, they look at you and they say, wow, there's something different about these guys. And it's about glorifying Jesus through our lives. But for us to get to that place, it's sometimes a very difficult journey. It's a challenging journey because... The Bible teaches us that Jesus needs to change us because we've got sinful nature, we've got sin, we've got our flesh, we've got our weaknesses that often we, we just don't look. Now the Bible comes and He gives us almost sometimes, we said this last week, Proverbs 31 for the ladies, for the, a godly lady, the way that she upholds her household. And you look at Proverbs 31 and you say, oh Lord, how on earth am I ever going to do this? And we need to allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to come and do a work in us because we will not ever be able to do that into that standard on our own. 
It's just not within us. Not in our ability. It is through the ability of the Holy Spirit. And so even when we look at something in Titus and in Timothy, where they list the, the, the qualifications of an elder, I remember when I really realized for the first time what it means to be an elder and the qualifications. I used to look at uh, 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 eldership uh, as, you know, as, 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 a, as a, um, a calling. And it was almost like it looked so amazing. Lord, I, I want to become an elder when you just look at it as a calling. But suddenly when you look at the detail of it and you look at the qualifications of it and you see what the Bible says when you're an elder, when you are walking in that calling, this is what it should look like. Then it's like, oh no, no, no. I don't know, Lord. I don't have that in me, Lord. There's just too many things, Lord Jesus. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so far from that. And then the Lord needs to come and work that in us. And then He has to process us and, 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 and change us and mold us. Okay. So that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to quickly go to Ephesians. And Paul is speaking to the saints of this church. He's not speaking to elders. He's not speaking to the apostles. Uh, Paul is not writing a letter to Timothy. He's speaking to the church. So this is just as much as he's speaking to them, he's speaking to us. Alright, so this is very much us. And he says this, Ephesians 4. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy, worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now this is all of us. So that, that kind of emphasizes the fact that all of us, all the saints, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter if you've been serving the Lord for 10 years, 20 years, or one week, if, if you have given your life to the Lord, and even before that, because God says even before you do, He had purposes and plans for us and called us towards Him. So that, that, there's a calling. But there's a, there's a way that we walk that. There's a certain way. There's a, there's a manner, there's a godly way in which we walk out this calling. And then He goes on to say the why. And, and how that looks like. It says, it, it, it's with humility and gentleness. It says there, it is with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And, and, and it goes on there to say, this is the way that we walk out our calling amongst one another. And so you can take off the scripture. And so even this morning, some of us were called this morning to bring prophetic words. Now if Bridget with her words was not humble in her heart, and there was no love in her heart, she could have easily come and say, I've got a word. Chris, the Lord says, No love, no humility, and that's not godly, that's not of God, that's not a manner worthy of glorifying Christ through the, through the calling of my life. And so when we get together with it, but when you go to your place of work and you are with your work people, are you living your calling out there in a manner worthy when people look at you and they say, wow, there's something different about this guy. I've been asking him the same question for three weeks and he's never getting agitated with me. If I do this with my other boss, he just like throws me out of the office and says, go man, stop asking me the same questions over and over. He's got this patience. Where do you get this patience? And suddenly Jesus gets glorified and there's a, there's a pointer towards Jesus through my life. 
because I'm living out my calling wherever I am in a worthy manner to Jesus uh, that, that glorifies Jesus. Now, I want to touch on something very specifically. And it's something that the Lord highlighted to me. And I said this, I promised you guys this last week and we're going to come to it this week. And I don't have a long, a long sermon about this. I'm probably going to be a 20 minutes more. So it's going to be about 30 minutes. I'm going to do this in 30 minutes today. Because I do feel the Lord wants to pray for some of us um, after this, this morning. One of, not the, not the only one, but one of the things in this life that is probably the biggest resistance that, uh, in our ability to walk out our godly calling in a worthy manner worthy of that. To walk it out in a godly way is fear. <laughs> the fear in, 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 in every part of us, there's something in us that will lean into fear so easily. I think it's something to do, I, I'm, I'm not a psychologist, I, I, I don't know, you know, the, the dynamics of a person. But what I have seen is, is I'm getting to do my own life. So I'm, I can speak from experience. I can speak from, from, from Willem. And then also through mingling now a lot more with people than I used to. So I'm, I've got about, just in this room, there's about 40 experiences that I get to be part of because I'm, 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 I'm eldering in this church. Now I'm getting through walking with Rufara and walking through Parallel, I'm seeing the impact and the role that fear often plays in our ability to walk out in a manner worthy of the calling that God has placed in our lives. So what I often see is, is there's a calling. So God has called us to be a mother, a father, a son, a child in the marketplace, in the church perhaps. Some form of leadership. There's a calling. And God has made that known. And then I see often how fear creeps in in different ways and forms. And at some point it either keeps us from walking in what God has for us, or it hinders us, or it just makes that the way that we do it is not, not of God. That we're like, almost like going forward and backwards and forward and backwards, and it's not really glorifying Jesus. And I want us to speak about fear this morning. I want us to just look at fear shortly this morning. It's a big topic. But we're going to look at just the basic of what Jesus said about fear. And we're going to look at that in our own context. And, just we're going to, and I want you already to start asking the question to yourself. What has God called me to in this moment in time? It could be in church. It could be at work. It could be in your family. It could be personal. It could be uh, something that you are struggling with. It could be sin. Could be a Goliath, could be a mountain, a big challenge. What has God called you in this season? And I want you to trust the Holy Spirit to identify to you what you're afraid of. How big a role is fear playing at this moment in time in keeping you from walking in that calling that God has for you in this specific thing? Is that good? Yes. And then we're going to look at what the Lord says because the thing is this. We are living in an age, and the Bible says this. I've got a bunch of scriptures. I'm going to do two. But I've got a bunch of scriptures. Carla is by the Messiah. The Bible is full of speaking about the end times and the spirit of fear. In the end times, in the days that we're living in, there's going to be a spirit of fear that's going to creep into every fiber of the church, of life, of our community. If you speak to any South African who's not 
And now, suddenly, I don't want my kids to do this, not ride a bicycle, because I fell off a bike when I was little, not letting my kids do this. I'm primary suspect number one. I had many childhood fears. I was bullied at school. There was a lot of things that happened to me when I was little. It was a, it was a, it was a, a lighting. Light. Cars are light. I was the light version. Every other boy in my, my class. And that, that planted seeds of fear. Any confrontation. I hate confrontation. I fear confrontation. But now God has placed me in a, in a place where I cannot fear confrontation because often through the role, through the calling that God has placed in my life, I have to fear, face constant confrontation. Love, but confrontation nevertheless, in love, with wisdom. And the Lord has taught me not to fear man. Not to fear confrontation, but to love that person regardless of that. And to break through that and say, Can you want to say something to me for you? And to confront, not her, but that thing. So, there's a spirit of fear. Who's scared about the future of South Africa? Let's be real. Yes, the Owens African City. When Julius Balema starts singing, I'll something that my, my throat closes up. Genuine, no jokes. There's something in me that wants to run off to Australia when Julius starts singing that song. It's a reality. And then, it's, and then, then Steve Hawthorne comes online and he shares these pictures of farm attacks and stuff that's happening. And then you connect the dots and you say, it's true. And everything in my being wants to run and hide away. Everything in my being wants to just set up my little <laughs> farm here and make a kibbutz out of the piece of land that we've got here. So we never have to go out into this world. There's a Vianki. Uh, Let's be honest with one another. Vianki's going to grow up and be a white male in South Africa. On this day already, you know how difficult it is for a white male to find a job in this country. So the fear of the future in my heart is a real thing. I don't know if my boy is going to have a job when he grows up. I don't know if he's going to be able to make a living when he grows up. But I'm not talking about the fears even of people that's living today on a daily basis. No, I mean, that's my fears. Your perspective will look different than mine. Where Sharon is, is the thing is, every time when there's a toy toy up in, in, in Pineview, we, 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 we see the reports on WhatsApp. But I'm not there. I'm not there. Sharon is the one. They, often she will tell us, they just came down our streets. There were was, there was stones that, that landed in our, in, our, in our yard. 
Because they live there. It's a reality. We are still removed from that. We, we, we are, Sharon, can anybody verify for me? That's as far as we get to it because normally they block it off there by the day hospital if there's any unrest. But there's, there's, there's some of us that's living there. And fear is a reality. And the Bible says, the Bible says in the latter days, in the last days, it's going to get worse. If I preach on certain topics in church, I can go to jail for them. In South Africa. Let's make it a little bit more. If I talk about finances this morning, there's some of you that's going to probably say, oh, talking about money again. Huh? There's certain things that there's certain things that we just don't talk about in church. Pornography, uh, sexual sins. We don't talk about those things. It's between me and God, I'm working this out with the Lord. Which is completely opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says we live our lives in transparency with one another, with wisdom as well. With wisdom, guys, don't come up and lay everything bare. Yeah? But in transparency, coming to Mark and say, Bro, I'm struggling, man. There's a sin in my life. There's something in my life. But fear. We don't talk about these things because I don't want to lose half of the church. Lord, we, we barely 40 people on a Sunday morning. If I start talking about finances, I'm probably going to lose the rest of the guys. <laughs> it's true. Fear. And the Bible is full of it. And I'm going to skip that entire section. But the Bible is full of it. It says, there will be terrible days in the last days. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to be more difficult to be able to live the way that, we want, well, that the Bible tells us to live. It's going to be more difficult in the days that come. There's going to be more topics that's going to be off the table. Don't speak about these things. Don't speak about homosexuality. Don't speak about sex before the marriage. Are you living together? Don't speak about these things in church. Don't speak about tithing. Don't speak about finances. Social gospel. Don't speak about social gospel. It's a touchy subject. You know what the social gospel is? That the Lord wants, wants to, to uh, empower every single person in, in the world. The seven mount, mountain mandate. Kingdom now. God, it's not about where we're going. It's what Jesus wants to do now. And this, this touchy subject. And, and there's a fear that creeps in about these things. Anyway. So... And I've got these things, 2 Timothy 3, 1 Timothy 4, Matthew 10, Daniel 12, Matthew 24, where Jesus and the Bible speaks about, it's going to be challenging, and you're going to be fearful, and every one of these says, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, because inside the church, and outside the church, it's going to get more challenging, inside and outside, for us it's going to get more challenging, outside the church it's going to get more challenging, but it speaks to fear. He speaks towards fear. And I want to I want us to just stand still on that. Timothy, uh, Paul knew this of Timothy. He wrote to Timothy a letter. And he knew that there was something in Timothy's heart. That if Paul doesn't hype, we know. If Paul doesn't speak this thing and, and speak into this thing, that there was Timothy was, was he was backing off. He was taking a step back because fear was creeping in. 
2 Timothy 1, 3 to 2 Timothy 1, and we can ask you God to live for a while. 2 Timothy 1. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of what God of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And look at this, there he says, he's, he's speaking into this thing. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. So there was something of him that says, I know you fearing man. You're younger than maybe the other elders that's there. You may be younger than some of the other guys. But there was something that I placed in you. There was something that I imparted in you. And God needs you to speak up on these things. Don't fear man. And he knew that if there's one thing, if there's one thing that's going to keep Timothy from walking in his calling, in doing what God wanted him to do, was, it was going to be fear. And I feel there's something of us, that the Lord, there's, there's something in the spirit brewing here. I don't know always what, I don't want to put it in the box, but there's something in the spirit that's brewing in Krabon. There's people that the Lord is sending us to our way. I mean, the fact that we're not 10 people when we started off, to me, is a sheer miracle. God sends them to Grabo. Who? What did you live at Markele here? You're not supposed to be here, in, in my perspective. Nielsen Norrin, Markele so. Kevin and Chris, and now these words come out this morning. About this calling that God has here, and there's, there's gifts that we speak about. And God stirs this in you, and He says, Fan the flame, don't forget about the words. You too, you must not forget the words that went out this morning. There's something that God has called you to. Stir that in yourselves. But then know that there's something that the Lord, uh, that the enemy wants to use as fear, is to keep you from walking through all of these things. He's going to. Often in the Bible text, now the Pharaoh, he had a word this morning that God wants to use him in the area of prophecy. Now, you, do you think these first three prophetic words are all going to go well? Maybe not. Uh, Mark, I feel that the Lord, um, oh, sorry, I forgot what I wanted to say. And immediately, I never want to speak a prophetic word again. That's how it works. The Lord tests our heart. He tests us. And often the enemy will also try and see if he can bring in fear. So if you're going to fear, not fear man, not bringing it again after your first or second or third attempt, you're probably going to shrink back. But there's something in us that, that Paul is saying, hey, stir the faith again. Stir the faith of what God has made. I'm going got 10 minutes to do that. Yeah, 10 minutes. I, I really want to pray with us. Yeah, I've got 10 minutes. The Bible says there, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Be aware that there's a spirit of fear in this world. Be aware that even in the church, 
the spirit of fear wants to get his grip into us and amongst us in this place. God wants to put a fear in us about what he's going to do, and isn't it? Guess it. I had a dream. The Lord spoke to me through a nightmare. <laughs> I had a dream. Uh, in this dream, I was in a, in, a, in a lit room, a lot of light in the room. And I was looking down a hallway, very dark. And there at the end of the hallway, there was, there, it was just completely dark. And I knew something was there looking at me, waiting for me. And I, 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 I knew this thing was there. And I, I remember in the dream, this fear that crept into my heart. Man, I was almost like it was, a, it, was, it was more than just anxiety. It was a stronger feeling than just anxiety. It's something that starts in here and you've got to screw up your mark. And, and often you will even have a physical outworking of it. And, and I remember waking up with that fear of this trembling. And Lord, what is waiting for me at the other end of this dark tunnel? And I woke up. And as I woke up, I was immediately, I was wild and I heard the voice of the Lord. He says, you remember that feeling that you have on a Saturday evening before you go to church these days? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You know that there was a season not long ago where it was Saturday evening. And I thought it was maybe just the weight of the Sunday morning. I thought it was, I'm just really, I'm, I'm taking this seriously. Lord, what do you want to do? And I thought it was just carrying weight, having the responsibility of church. But actually I realized in that dream, the Lord said to me, that, that feeling, it's fear. It's fear. You've allowed on a Saturday and during the course of the week with incidents, with things that happen during the week, you've allowed fear to creep in. And on a Saturday evening, you're sitting there actually fearful of the next morning. Lord, who's going to pitch up? Who's going to be there? Who's not going to be there? Who's going to be incidents? Is there something going to happen? And the Lord says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. But I've given you a spirit of power, love, and self-love. I'm going to end it there. I'm not going to go. I'm, we're going to do. I'm going to do that in another another time. What does it mean? What does it mean to have the spirit of God, of love, power? Was well, actually power, love, and a sound mind. Um, I've got a prep, but I just I've, I feel the Lord wants to minister to us this morning. Is that is that okay? Yeah. If, I don't, if you don't know, yeah. I feel that the Lord wants to. I think some of us now, the Lord wants to leave us at this place where He is just showing us, hey, there's fear, there's fear, and we're going to get to the practical handles. We're going to get to that place where when fear comes, the God, God has given us the keys, power, love. And a sound mind. That's the keys in walking in a manner worthy of the calling that God has placed in us. Not succumbing to the fear. But I feel that this morning the Lord wants to minister to us. To us and, and just get to a point where we're actually just honest with the Lord. Just honest with Him this morning. And say, Lord, I realize there's areas in my life where fear is gripping me. And it's keeping me from walking in what you have for me. So let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let's just close our eyes. I want to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity just to work this moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we come to you right now. And this is where 
where we need your anointing, Lord, to help us sometimes to connect the dots. It's in that dream, Lord. I thought it was it was right. I thought it was responsibility. And actually you came and said, no. You fearing. There's fear that has crept in. And Lord Jesus, I just want to pray, Lord Jesus, right now, as each person is having their eyes on you right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, won't you just come and show each one of us where has fear crept in to the degree that we are unable to walk out to the calling that you have for us. Lord, I feel that this morning there's mothers that needs to be honest with you and say, Lord Jesus, there's a fear and that I'm not going to be an adequate mother to my children. I feel maybe there's areas that I failed. Maybe there's, there's a fear of, of, of what has gone in the past. That, Lord, I feel there's dads this morning that needs to look at you and say, Lord Jesus, there's fear in my heart. I don't know if I can raise my voice the way that you want me to. I don't know if I can raise my girls the way that you want me to. In the marketplace, or those of us that's in a job, Lord, or that's in a workplace, Lord, where has fear kept us from moving forward in the things that you have for us? Fear of confrontation in our marriages. Fear of looking in our hearts. A fear of even this morning, Lord. Some of us, what I feel is, is we are so scared to come to you. Because what are you going to show us next? What is that thing that you want to do next in my heart? It, the previous experience wasn't good. The previous time when you wanted to work sanctification in me, when you wanted to change something in me. Oh, it was, I, it was terrible, Lord. I, there was tears and there was a challenge. It was difficult. And I'm fearing, Lord, those times when you come close, too close. And there's something of me that actually says, Lord, I, I want to serve you, but at a distance. Because the minute that you come close, I know you want to change something in me and I fear that process. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just speak right now into hearts, Lord. Different hearts, different perspective, different situations, Lord. And I do feel, Lord Jesus, that we just want to create an opportunity where we can come to you with these things. And Lord, we don't even have to mention them by name, but I do feel that we want to pray for some of us. So I want to ask... If there's any person this morning, and why do we do, I, I, I always want to explain the why. Why do we call for a response? Why do we call for a response? Because there's sometimes something of a faith that the Lord stirs in me when I start moving my little feet. I don't know why, it's just how it works. The minute that I respond, I either stand up, or I raise my hand, or I come to the front. There's something of a faith stirred in me. And I actually realized, oh my word, I think the Lord is going to do something now. And that's why we ask always for a response. But this, before we go there, with every head that's bowed, I do feel that this morning there's a first step. There's someone that has never put their hand in the hand of Jesus before. You have been fearful of walking with Jesus. You have been fearful of living this Christian life. You've heard about it. Or maybe you have heard it. But something of a fear has kept you away from Jesus for a while. 
And there's something of an invitation first that the Lord wants to say to someone here. I do believe there's some person here. The Lord is inviting you to say, put your hand in my hand. Trust me again. Trust me again. And believe in me. Believe that I will be able to change you. I will be able to save you. I will be able to change who you are. Don't look at what you are looking like now. Trust me that I will be able to make you new. I will be able to save you. So I want to give an opportunity, if there's any person here this morning that just wants to take the first step and say, Jesus, I want to first just put my hand in you and I want to trust Jesus this morning. Don't you just want to raise your hand quickly? Just for a second, with all the heads bowed. Even if you did it before. Thanks, awesome. Thank you, Lord, for those two hands. Thank you, Lord. Even if you've done it before, even if you're not doing it for the first time, if there's something of you that said, Lord, I want to afresh, I want to renew, put my trust in you, I want you to just raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If there's something of you that feels, Lord, I want to commit myself to following you wherever it may be, just raise your hand. I want to follow you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't you guys want to just stand? Those that raise their hands, if you want to stand. And there's going to be now more of us to follow, but there's something of taking that boldness, taking that boldness and standing and saying, Lord, I want to respond to what you are doing in my life. And all of you that are standing, all of you that are standing, I want to say this. I believe that the Lord is taking this morning so seriously. You're not just, this is not just the morning. I believe that the Lord is shifting some things in our hearts this morning to move back to what God has called us to for some of us. But to some of us, just restore that faith and just say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to trust you for my life again in a French. I want to ask more people to stand. If there's any person that this morning wants to say, Lord Jesus, I want to walk in my calling. I want to walk in what you have called me to, whether it be at work, in my house, as a mother, as a father, as a child, as a citizen, as a worker, in church, as a leader. I don't care where it is, Lord, but I want to follow you into my calling. Don't you just want to stand? Just in your response to Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just raise our hands to the Lord. And that's just a, a form of submission. Surrender. Lord, I surrender. This is not up to me, Lord. This is not how well Willem now prays this prayer. This is not up to any person, Lord. This is not up to me that I need to surrender now. I need to surrender now because I'm going to need as much of the Holy Spirit as I can get to walk in this thing that the Lord has for me. And so, Father, we want to come to you right now, Holy Spirit. We want to raise our hands and surrender to you, Lord. Lord, those that are recommitting their lives to you, Lord, those that are saying, Lord Jesus, I am recommitting myself towards what you have for me. And those, Lord Jesus, that say, Lord, if fear has kept me from walking what you have for me, for those who also, Lord Jesus, be praying right now, in Jesus' name, for just a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit right now, in Jesus' name. We want to come to you, Lord, and we want to come and repent. 
We want to come and repent. We want to say, Lord Jesus, maybe we depended on ourselves for way too long. Maybe, Lord Jesus, we were looking at our own abilities for way too long. Lord, maybe there was a dependency on what I see and not in faith in you. I was looking at my circumstances or I was looking at my inabilities or abilities. And according to that, I walked according to what I saw. And this morning, I feel that the Lord is calling us not to what we can see, but towards faith. Towards putting our eyes firmly on Jesus. And so for this morning, we all want to repent of that, Lord. And we want to say, Lord, we want to say sorry if our eyes was not fully fixed on you, Jesus. And this morning, Lord, we want to come anew and afresh. And we want to confess with our mouths to say, Lord Jesus, that you are Lord and Savior of our lives. We want to say anew and afresh, Lord Jesus, that the price that you paid on the cross is enough for me to walk in whatever calling you have for me. It's enough. It's more than enough. I don't need anything else. Through the power of the blood of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit that is living in me, it's enough for me to walk out in what Jesus has called me to. And we confess that, Lord. We confess that this morning, Lord. And Lord, as we walk this out, as we walk this out, Father God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit will start off a process. Lord, I want to plant seeds this morning. I want to plant seeds of calling this morning. I want to plant seeds of faith this morning. A faith, Lord Jesus, that will transcend any fear for the rest of our lives, Lord. We want to pray, plant those seeds in the Spirit of Jesus' name right now. And we want to pray, Lord Jesus, let them germinate. Let them fall on good soil this morning. Seeds of faith in Jesus' name that will yield fruits that will be able of, of faith and of trust in the Lord so that we can walk in that what the Lord has called us to. And we pray that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I wonder if we can sing one more song on this. Yeah. I'm getting back to you. Yeah. I'm also feeling that there's, there's something that the Lord...